0: Following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, we want to continue in our uh, theme of hope, and um, we've been using Romans chapter 15, verse 13, as kind of I anchor throughout. But I wanted to read the first six, or six verses leading up to that. So I'm going to have you turn to Romans chapter 15, beginning at verse 7, because how many of you know when scripture writ- is written, it's written in context, and it's written uh, in a time and in a season. And it's important that we understand that that scripture, Romans chapter uh, 15, verse 13, is to you and I more than anyone else, because we're Gentiles. Chapter 15, verse seven. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God, now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord all you Gentiles, laud him all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles and in him the Gentile shall have hope. And then our anchor verse, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound In hope by the power of the Holy Spirit we have been looking at every aspect of hope that we possibly could over the last six weeks whatever it's been all the month of October and all the month of November our theme has been hope and various voices have preached on it and uh, as I was looking at our anchor verse this morning the Lord highlighted. How many of you have ever read scripture and all of a sudden one word just leaps out at you? And the word believing we oof, leaped out at me. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I began to really seek the Lord about just what was he wanting us to understand this morning. And I believe that Renee has done a really good job of helping us understand the difference between faith and hope. She said it this way. She said, hope is the pilot light that ignites our faith. She said it another way. Hope is the soil our mustard seed of faith grows in. But as I began to seek the Lord concerning this, I felt like he spoke this to me. Yes, that is true. But what we believe shapes what we hope for and what we have faith for. What we believe brings a purity to the flame of faith that we have. And those of you who understand a pilot light and a furnace know that there has to be a right mixture of, of fuel and air to have a pure flame. So it is hope is the soil our mustard seed of faith grows in i want to suggest that what we believe prepares the soil for the faith to grow yeah. i want and it's important that we understand that and here here's my conviction this morning there are people in this room this morning who have had their hopes dashed and i want to suggest it's because you your believing needs tweaking Let me give you an example. Mom and dad say to their three kids, Jane, Sally, and Timmy, we're going on vacation next month to Water World." And all of a sudden, there's a hope that rises up in, who are they? Jane, Sally, and Timmy. And they get all excited, and, and, and they have this joy and peace and stuff that, that we read about. Why? Because they have a hope. And Renee defined hope for us as a, um, hold, hold steady, a joyful expectation of good. And all of a sudden, Jane and Sally and Timmy have this joyful expectation of good. And they get all excited. And then they put that hope into place. And they begin to move. And they take steps of faith. They begin to buy swimming gear. And they begin to look on the website and see where is Waterworld. And what does it do? And then little Timmy, who's the youngest of the three, says, Oh, goody, I've never flown on an airplane before. And Jane says, Wait, Timmy. You just move from faith to presumption. Water world's only four hours away. Let's go ask mom and dad, but I don't think we're flying there. Thank God for big sisters, because they're not flying there. And Timmy, would have his hope would have been polluted by a presumption. A belief, a misbelief. But see, everything that sets all of that in motion, everything that sets that hope and that expectation of good and all of that, everything that sets that in motion is a belief that what mom and dad said is true. A belief that mom and dad have always planned vacations and Every time they do, he comes through, they come through a belief that mom and dad can afford it. In fact, guess what? They know dad just got a raise last month. And they overheard mom and dad talking. And there's all kinds of information that they have that gives them a belief system that allows them the freedom to have hope. Isn't that cool? The Apostle Paul is writing about a hope, but it's a, it, it's, it's a deeper kind of hope that has to do with eternal life, the promise of eternal life. And Renee said it well. We, we have hope both in the future, but we have hope in this life as well as the life that is to come. And it is important, I think, I, I, for those of you who don't know, Oh, I was going to say, she's gone. (laughs) Oh, where'd she go? (laughs) She went to help with Sunday school kids, prepare for Sunday school program. Oh, feels weird not having her here, because I'm going to talk about her. No, Colleen and I do a service at the complex where we live, and um, it's... 55 plus and it is in the process of transitioning to assisted living so needless to say there's a lot of old people there and You may think we're some of them, but You might be wrong (laughs) We're the healthiest I'll tell you that (laughs) probably (laughs) or one of the healthiest anyway But to be honest and so We preach there, and we have purpose to preach Jesus and Jesus only because there's people from all kinds of different churches and faiths and persuasions, and uh, the one thing that is common among us all is the Lordship of Jesus. But I spend a lot of time with that group of people talking about eternal life and about dying well. We just had a man pass away, our next-door neighbor, I'm doing his funeral in the building in about two weeks, but he died well, and he was a strong believer already, but Colleen and I got a chance to pray with them on a couple of occasions. I got a chance to pray with him alone a couple of times, not to lead him to Christ, but to affirm what he was already standing for and believing for. My point is this. There should be an excitement and a joy and a peace and a hope in us concerning our eternal destiny. There's got to be, Paul writes uh, to the Corinthians in uh, Corinthians 15, 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most to be pitied. We have a much greater hope than what we have in this life. Renee did a good job, I believe it was last week, just painting a picture even of the prophetic word that we heard this morning. In this world, we're going to have challenges. In this world, we're going to have tribulation. In this world, we're going to have difficulty. But that should never rob our hope. That should never cause us to question the reality of our home. Oh wow, time is going fast. Um, When I first started pastoring, I worked bivocationally as a carpenter and I was on a construction site working with a young guy who knew I was a pastor and he would ask all kinds of questions, kind of in a mocking way. He knew, of course, what he made so he knew based on that what I made and uh, he did the math and figured out that he knew I tithed, or assumed I tithed. He, tithed. he asked me, he said, oh my gosh, that's a boat payment! and um, But Through it all, somewhere along the way in the days that we talked, he said, what if you're wrong? What if there is no heaven? What if there is, what if this is all there is? And my answer to him was, and still would be, it wouldn't matter. This is still the best life I've ever had. I'm the best dad I've ever been. I'm the best husband I've ever been. I'm the best version of me that I've ever been. So even if this is it, it's not, and don't you dare leave here and say Pastor Bob said that it is it, but even if this was all there is, it's still glorious. It's still wonderful. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there's difficulties. But I've got an inner strength to go through them. And I don't lose my hope. I don't lose my joy. I don't lose my peace in the midst of it all. So there is the reality of eternal life, but we also need hope in the day in which we're living. And we're living in an interesting day. And we're living in a day, we're living in an d- age of information. And if we're living in the age of information, then we are living in the age of disinformation. Amen. See, not only is un- unbelief an enemy to your faith and my faith, another enemy to your faith and my faith is misbelief. In fact, it's more deceptive than unbelief. And it can be more twisted, and it can shape our hope, and it can shape our faith. And sometimes we can end up being disappointed because our belief system was not quite right. And so our hope was in things that wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't. And sometimes we feel like, well, God let us down. No, God never let us down. That's why we must always look to God for the belief system that we buy into. I want to share with you a picture that I took recently. Well, not that recent, but can you put up that picture, that first picture? Isn't that awesome? Can you hear the waves? It's it's just beautiful. Now, if you look at that picture, you can make all kinds of assumptions. You can assume that I really, seriously, took that picture. I did. You can assume... Henry, stop it. You can assume all kinds of things that aren't true, and you can even when you find out the truth, can say, well, you lied to us. No, I haven't said much. You've assumed a lot. And some of you know that Colleen and I got married in Florida on the ocean. So, and then some of you know that we honeymooned in Cancun and did a mission trip in the process. And you can assume all kinds of things. So can you put up picture number two? <laughs> that is a picture that is in the office of our nurses in the complex in which I live. And I do maintenance there part-time. So they were hassling me to give them a window. However, they're in an interior office. So I did the best that I could. Now, so I asked Colleen, have you ever painted a mural? And you, those of you who know Colleen, she's a wonderful artist and she does a wonderful job and so now some of you have assumed that Colleen painted that. I didn't say that. <laughs> All I said is I asked her if she does murals and I have. I've asked her that at least a couple times. We see a mural and I said, tell me again, do you have you ever done, and she has, but she's done some in the building here in the Sunday school class, but you see you assumed that she painted that I did not say that I helped you get there I'll admit it because it's helpful to my sermon but I did not say that point number one don't believe everything you see point number two Don't believe everything you hear. Because, remember, our belief system puts a hope in us and we begin to walk out in a faith. And it can be, in the whole analogy of the pilot light and the fire, it can be strange fire. It's not valid. Many people have been disappointed in a lot of areas of what's going on in our world today and partially it was because of a false hope because of a false belief system. There was a lot of prophecy going on about things and this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen and it didn't happen. Well yeah but, 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 oh come on, God got surprised. Come on now, I'm just being real. And I'm not saying they're even false prophets or false anything. As long as they own that they were wrong. But a lot of hope has been shattered because it wasn't based on the firm foundation of a belief system that is the truth. The truth, not a truth, the truth. I came across this. I wanted to read this to you. In this whole thing of eternal life and everything. A Tabunton, a tabunton, tabunton monk was discovered in the mountains of Nepal, he is considered to be the oldest person in the world. He is in a state of deep trance or meditation called tiktakia. When he first was first discovered in a mountain cave, they thought he was a mummy. However, scientists examining what they thought was a mummy, discovering that he had vital signs and was still alive. Amongst his belongings was a piece of paper that was read in an ancient Tibetan language that said this, stop believing everything you read on Facebook. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Don't believe everything you see, don't believe everything you hear, and don't believe everything you read. Saw a quote a while ago. Similar. Don't believe everything that shows up on Facebook that quote was credited to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Come on. We've got to be in this age of information. We need to be so careful. That's real. We need to understand. See, because we can end up being dis- disappointed in every avenue or every area of our life if we hope in things that aren't grounded in the person of Jesus. That's why my exhortation is that we make the name of Jesus great again in America and that we purpose to build on that foundation and that foundation alone because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he is establishing a kingdom that cannot be shaken and I said it earlier, I'll say it again, we might not like how he's doing it, but we've got to have confidence that he is. We can have a misplaced hope relationally, socially, politically, scientifically, financially, medically. The best that man has to offer will disappoint us sooner or later. And we need to understand that. There's a fickleness and a frailty that is assigned to man that is real. That doesn't mean we don't trust people. There's an interesting scripture, I believe it's in the Gospel of John, and it says this concerning Jesus. He did not commit himself to the people because he knew what was in man. Proverbs says it this way, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. And we must always be aware of what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're reading, what we're, because it leads to what we're believing. Our hope must not be in healing. It must be in the healer. Bit of a personal testimony, if some of you know that I lost my wife, Renee lost her mother, Marcy, three years ago, a little over three years ago. And I know that some people felt like, wow, you as a family seem to move on really fast. But you don't know everything. You don't know the four and a half years battle we had and the conversations we had. But I do tell you this, one thing that made it easier was our confidence was in the healer, not the healing. And I don't understand everything, but it made it a lot easier to know that there was a God who loved us, and was going to continue to walk with us, and was taking really good care of Marcy. Our confidence has to be in the person, not what he can do. It has to be in the provider, not his provision. It has to be in the comforter, not the comfort he can provide. It has to be in the Savior himself, not the salvation that he gives to us. Are you hearing me this morning? Our confidence and our hope has to be in the person of Jesus Christ. We heard it prophetically this morning. We're coming into the week of thanksgiving, into the season and the holiday of Thanksgiving. I want to encourage you to know this: thankfulness it releases in you a hope, it releases in you a joy, it releases in you a peace. If we can, because by the very nature of my thankfulness, I am giving verbiage to something way bigger than me. And I realize, I want to be very careful this morning, I realize that there are people in this room who are in very difficult situations, perhaps. But I can only encourage you in what I learned, and am still learning, in walking out of the old and into the new. We must keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storm because he is solid and he is for real and he's going to be around when the storm is long gone amen Amen. let's stand together father we thank you this morning for your word to us and we do ask you to help us to be wise in what we believe so as that our hope can be anchored in something that is immovable. We thank you for the ability you give us to walk out our faith based on what we've purposed to believe, but more than that, in whom we have believed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.